every freaking second of the day, I'm going to do it. Everybody wants to be mother freaking wealthy. Are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? How willing are you going to be to allow me to help you? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You give up your right to be average and ordinary. You gotta show up earlier, you gotta be here later, you gotta hit harder, be more productive, be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Planet First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing. Good morning, everyone. Andrew Taylor here. We have Sean Mike with us today. Sean, thank you for joining us. You got You can't. I, yeah, you got to be excited. You got to be. You just can't limp into this thing. It starts to piss me off. I mean, it's like it's time to be excited, dude. Right, Drew? Yeah. Right, Factory? Yeah. I mean, he's like tapping on his chest, like we're getting ready to play a game of chess. <laughs> like I want you to hit that thing so hard it's bruised. Okay. These. We're gonna use these microphones next time. Start throwing them at each other. I'll be really jacked up. We do that. All right. So before we do the question, I want to tell you something. Sure. I was in an Uber the other day, and the okay. guy asked Shocker. what I did. Yeah. And I, and I told him I work for an insurance company called Family First Life, okay? And he goes, that name is, he goes, that's a beautiful name for a company, especially an insurance company. How long have you guys been open? And I said, like, eight years. And he goes, how did no one ever think of that? I know. That's a good question. Yeah, that's good, though, right? I, like that. I think so, too. It is a good name. I think it's a great name. All right, so the first question is from at Trey Honeycutt, and it is... What is your opinion on the part-time opportunity for insurance sales with Family First Life? All right. Before I answer that, I want to tell you why nobody ever thought of Family First Life. I mean, I know the answer. I don't know why. I just like kind of pacified you and kept moving. Because every company that I've seen in the insurance space really truly doesn't care. Like the ones we allegedly compete with, the IMOs, the FMOs. They have these cute names. Some of them are real dumb. Like I don't even like, I'm like, is that a name or like a feather? Like what is that? It's so weird. Um but they don't care. Their goal is to make money at all costs. And so for us, you know, it's funny because Mike Sides, we were talking about what name the company, we wanted to be an acronym too, so we wanted it to be like three. So we're like, Family First Life, FFL. And I actually said, he said, I bet it's taken. I said, I bet it's not. And I said, it might, might be Family First something else, not in life insurance, but I bet it's not taken. And He's like, why are you sure of that? I'm like, dude, think of all the companies you're aware of in our space. Do you think any of them genuinely care? Because you could never call yourself Family First Life and pay 50% commission. You could never call yourself Family First Life and steal renewals. You could never call yourself Family First Life and have independent contract or sign an agreement that's a contract. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You couldn't do that when you're charging people fees. You couldn't do it when the average person doesn't make any money. It would be company first. They all should name themselves company first life or me first life. Like that's what it should be. You know, so that's why nobody took the name because they're a bunch of greedy mother fathers. You know how people name boats? Yep. Like every boat has a name? Yes. Guess what we named our boat? Family First? Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, that's the name. I love that. That's a great call. Drew, Drew just got the stickers made. And we got humble and hungry. Yeah. Because we want to stay humble and hungry. Yep. Cut me off in the water. You'll find out if we're still hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. So Trey Honeycutt, warm market opportunity. Yes. All right. So hundreds of millions of people in America, um, very different workforce, 
than we we've had over the last man century was with people working out of their house. 60, 70 percent on depends on what you read claim they don't they can't make it check to check like they really like their check to check. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm, I'm not waiting for any politicians to save me. So I'm not going to have a political argument with you. Whatever side you don't like, I don't like that side either. So have at it. I'm not going to. My job is to, you know what I mean? Like, like God's in charge and I'm just going to go to work and do the best I can. But I'm not going to complain every day about what everybody else decides to to talk about or do. But I do know this with inflation where it is now, people cannot get by. And we have this, we have the answer like that, that we have the answer. I mean, I was talking to a guy the other day and I'm like, why did you decide to join us part time? He's like, because the cost of everything I said, inflation was yes. He goes, I need an extra 1500, $2,000 a month. I was like, cool. He's like, then I could do that. I'm like, yeah, you could write two policies a day and do that in a day. I said, the key is, will you do enough part time to really get yourself out of a hole? So Andrew, we've done a really poor job of that. Cause we were like, you have a job. And you have to understand, Andrew, when I got recruited, I actually think everybody that I recruited that ended up being any good, they had a job. Like, I got to be honest, I've never not had a job. Like, I went to the police academy, had about four and a half months. They were like, dude, this is not going to be a good fit. They were definitely right. I was mowing lawns the next day. Like, on Friday, they're like, and it was a, a very long story. Police department I worked at, they had a very weird situation. They thought I was over the top and aggressive, which I was. I didn't want to play their games. Like, this guy's in charge. But he's like, he couldn't, he can't beat me up. He can't be in charge. And that was, I just, I was 19. I just thought that that, 20, it made sense to me. Um, and I'm not trying to be funny. It just wasn't a good fit. But when I left on, like, a Friday, Dude, I was mowing lawns on Saturday. Like, I had a job. I went and mowed lawns. And then two weeks later, I got a job at the state of Connecticut, Department of Children and Families. Like, I've always had a job. And I think most of us have always had a job. It may not have been the job we wanted, but I've not had many people that are sitting around doing absolutely nothing. And they're like, yeah, I might as well figure something out. Now, you might be in between jobs. Maybe something happened to you yesterday. But, Andrew, think about all the people who recruited. When I recruited Eric Schmidt, he had a job. Eric Anthony had a job. One of you my questions is, though, why don't we recruit more part-time people? Because, like, if you think about my mom, yeah, right? She worked, like, two or three jobs and, like, sold candles mm-hmm. and did all these things. But if she could just sell four policies the, a month? Because, Andrew, we absolutely suck at recruiting. And I'm in charge of the company, so obviously I suck pretty bad. We're terrible at recruiting. You go, but that's impossible, Sean. We, we're 15 times bigger than everybody else. We're terrible at recruiting. Well, everyone I know is a full-time agent. Yeah. Well, full-time in title. Full-time in title. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean that to be really honest. I was part-time for two years, but I was running 30 appointments a week part-time. I think, Andrew, we assume. I think we assume that people are doing better than they are. Um, also, just because somebody doesn't walk down the street with a tattoo in their forehead that says I'm broke doesn't mean they're doing well. So I think for us – it's one of those things that we have to get people to understand, Andrew, that if they want to, if if all these studies and surveys and all of this tell you that 70% of these people are hurting, that means seven out of your 10 of your friends admit they're living check to check. They admit it. Like they're like, fill something out, admit it. And that means it's probably a plus or minus another 15 or 20 who don't want to admit it. So I think we assume people are doing better than they are. And then we ask them instead of going like, hey, man, so here's here's how we should do it. Like you have a job. I go, hey, Drew, we start talking, whatever we know. I said, hey, man, let me ask something. Would you be interested, Andrew, if I showed you uh, how to actually get your license, which we pay for the class? License is very easy to pass. 
if I showed you how to do this thing, you'd be out a couple hundred bucks to the state where you could make, you'd sell a policy, I'd show you a thousand bucks, make 750 bucks, and you could do that as many times as you want a day. Would you be interested in making some supplemental income where it was completely on your schedule, completely independent, and you had no ongoing fees, you have to get leads, and I would validate it for you early on, get you a lead, and show you how to do like, that's how we need to do it. Instead, we do stuff like, hey, how are things working out? And you're like, good. Because, like, who wants to go? It sucks. Well, I did. Jim recruited me, a full time job. I had two jobs, real estate agent, state of Connecticut. He said, how are things going? I said, what do you mean? He goes, financially. I said, they suck. They suck. My full-time job pays me 80 grand a year. I got kids. I knocked down another 20 grand in real estate. 100 grand is nothing. I thought 100 grand would make me rich. I ain't got no money, and I'm 36 years old. But most people go, I'm doing good, and then we don't recruit them. I think you should be recruiting people and pitching them and marketing them and talking to them and continuing to talk to them and dripping on them and reaching out to them about the fact that with literally no commitment, they can take their insurance license and make that money as many times a day, week, as month as they want. We don't do that, though, and then we wait. And then also we got, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a guy the other day. I was listening to these two talk, and I I wasn't eavesdropping. I was there, but – he brought this guy to a meeting. I always love when I go, hey, who, do you, who are you recruited by? I'm not recruited by anybody. I'm just here to check it out. It's always my favorite guy. And I'm like, cool. Now, back in the day, I'd freak out. I'd be like, what does that mean? And I'd like be a complete idiot. I don't do that anymore. So I wait. I just hear him out. Meeting's over. And I go, what'd you think? And they're talking. And he goes, you know, I'm going to check some things out. And he starts talking about his job. And then this guy starts talking about his job. And I said, dude, let me ask you something. How long have you been there? He said, eight years. I said, what do you make a year? He gets weird. He's like, what? I said, dude, what do you make a year? He says 150 grand. I said, okay. I said, do you ever get concerned that you could lose your job? And he goes, yeah, of course I do. I, I don't know. I get it. I totally know I could lose my job. I go, give me the worst case scenario or worst thing that happens if you decide to get your insurance license, get contracted, and decide a day a week, two days a week, whatever you wanted, a couple nights a week. What's the worst thing that happens if you decide to try to put some effort into this? The worst thing might be that you realize that you can make a hell of a lot more money doing this than your job. And we talked about that. And he goes, when you put it that way, that makes sense. And the other guy is beating his head against the wall over like, but he's got a really good job, Sean. I'm like, then why is he here? See, if I, if Jim had recruited me and I was making more money I ever thought I'd make in my entire life and I was happy, I would have just said no. And it sure as hell wouldn't have come to a meeting. Clients don't fill out leads unless they want life insurance. Prospects, people don't come to meetings unless they're looking to make extra money. They don't come to hang out. So I think we do a lot of assuming, Andrew. I think we're uncomfortable asking good questions. I think that we don't do well getting information out of people. I think that when when you want to know what somebody ask them, I ask people during a meeting all the time, what's your best year? And sometimes they're like, well, I don't feel like comfortable answering that. I'm like, okay, well, don't get an insurance license because you have to get social security number, date of birth, bank information. Hey, bro, how long? Like, like, get over yourselves. I think we don't do a good enough job, Andrew, getting over ourselves and helping, helping people get over themselves. Yeah, love that. Awesome, man. Uh, thank you for coming in. Drew, can you give me that link one more time? If anyone has questions, they can submit them for next week. USA.FFLUSA.com forward slash QA to submit your questions. And guys, everybody, thank you for joining us. See you guys.